What is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels podcast. I'm your host, Brad, joined by my co-host this week, Carrie. What's up? So I, I received some disturbing news right before we went on the air, and I felt it necessary to share because we can tie this into to video games. Um, I was just made aware uh, that J.K. Rowling, uh, famed turf, and she also writes books, um, <laughs> apparently, like, her next book was either is just published or is coming out soon or something like that. And it's apparently about like a content creator um, who gets like stabbed to death for their anti trans views or, or things along those lines. And mm. apparently the book is 600 pages longer than that of the original Dune, which is insane <laughs> to me because Dune is long. It's a really long book. Yeah. Like why? Why is J.K. Rowling writing the autobi- autobiographical version of the Stand, and who's allowing this to happen, and who's going to read it? I don't know who's going to read it because, to my knowledge, like she's written books since she finished Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like this is not her first, um, her first book since Harry Potter, but she, um, yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I, I feel that and, and, and how I'm going to tie this to video games is by saying I feel really bad for people who like Harry Potter. Who have to have the like albatross of her like hung around their neck to enjoy this property that they like. And obviously I'm referring to Hogwarts Legacy, which has a team of hundreds of developers that have worked on it and things that. Yeah. Nature. And yet all that you anyone can think about when they think of Hogwarts legacy and fairly so is fucking JK Rowling and how, if you buy that game, then you're essentially supporting a transphobe because mm-hmm. she's going to get royalties from every single copy. I'm sure that's sold or, or something along those lines, which really fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, look, even beyond, um, even beyond JK Rowling being a fucking turf, um, like, to to go back and to look through the Harry Potter books today oh, with yes. a, yeah. <laughs> a, a ever so slightly more critical eye that I would have as a child. Um boy howdy, like it is full of racism. Um sure like, is. And so a little with a with a sprinkle of anti Semitism in there as well. So a sprinkle of anti Semitism. <laughs> I'm, I'm being understated for, yeah for i mean give, given the fact like <laughs> it is it is real fucking bold like hogwarts legacy like the 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 gameplay trailer released and like literally the plot of the game has you suppressing a rebellion made up of the racially oppressed like it's it's you suppressing the goblins and the goblins have had like the the way that goblins are described in the Harry Potter series like it's it's clearly an anti-semitic jewish trope um yeah don't please don't buy this game <laughs> like i i I'm, I'm going to go so so far as to say don't even pirate the game like the faster that Harry Potter can completely fall out of the bottom of like the contemporary pop culture brain trust, the the better, in my opinion. And I say this 
as someone who like went through my entire adolescence reading these books and genuinely loving these books. Like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out when I was in fifth grade. And I want to say the final book came out when I was like a junior or senior in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was a series that like carried through my adolescence and like, I very much grew up at like the same rate that Harry Potter as a character aged. Um, And I really, really liked those books. And I really, really liked that story. And as an adult, especially as an adult with a degree in professional writing, um, one, that book is racist as shit. Um, (laughs) And two, J.K. Rowling is simply not that good of a writer. Like... (laughs) Yes, I, like I said, I, I, I do, I, I do not. agree that she she created a very evocative world with memorable characters, and that papered over a lot of. Uh, it really did. Prowess. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm. It sucks to just feel very done with yeah. something that that really meant a lot to me growing up. Um, but uh, yeah, please don't, please don't play Hogwarts Legacy. And it sucks to have to say that because I'm sure a lot of very good people put a lot of very hard work into that game. Um, I have never more sincerely hoped the game fails. <laughs> well, to switch gears uh, completely into our hmm. into our first uh, big, big uh, discussion topic in the docket. All I have listed for this story is USA, USA, <laughs> USA, uh, because. You, got, you might have heard um, the Sony PlayStation 5 uh, received or is receiving, I should say, a price increase in pretty much every major country around the world, except <laughs> for the United <laughs> States of America, because yeah. we are apparently awesome or it's more to the point that the dollar is actually very strong right now compared to other currencies. And so the money that Sony is making for these consoles in the U S is going further. Um, and also they know that Americans are very loud and entitled and would get very upset if they, <laughs> if they were to drop a price increase um, on us uh, yeah. a couple of years after the console came out. Um, I, I find this interesting because we are – this is really the first time that a console has ever increased in price. And Sony's blaming the, you know, the strains on the supply chain and the and massive inflation around the world and all these things as reasons that they need to increase the price on the console. Um, but this is uncharted waters. Like we've never seen this before. If anything, uh, consoles very exclusively go the other direction. Uh, in terms of pricing, um, Microsoft did announce that they're not doing anything with the pricing at this time of the Xbox consoles, which I'm not surprised. That would that's a very easy uh, layup for them to cash in on. It's just for to us, like, for yeah, that to just be like, we're not going to do. Yeah, that. Just, just keep it the same. Um, yeah. And Nintendo said the same thing, but I would argue that Nintendo has already uh, done a price increase on the Nintendo Switch when they were when they released the Switch OLED, which was essentially the same console with a slightly better screen, yet it cost $50 more than the Nintendo Switch did at launch. And I don't know I don't know that it was a $50 improvement and it also came out what almost 5 years after the Switch came out. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, something like that. Because the the original Switch dropped in 2017. Yeah. yeah. So. so I I would I would argue that that is a 
indeed a price increase that they caught no flack for because they were doing it under the guise of a new uh of a new console skill. A slightly new, slightly new model, yes. Um, do you think we're gonna see this more and more as time goes on, or do you just think or do you think it's a moment in time uh due to our current economic situation? I would consider this a moment in time, a bit of a band-aid situation, um, given the current global economic situation that we find ourselves in. Um uh, yeah, because despite what the people who put stickers on gas pumps want to believe, um, this is not an issue. Inflation is not an issue limited to the United States right now. <laughs> this is a global problem, um, much like supply chain issues are a global problem. Um, so this is a big old global bandaid to a big old global problem that Sony finds themselves in. So I, I do find it interesting because I do think that if. If they, if Sony did not feel pressured um, to reach a certain price point when the system released, I think they would have put the console out at $600. And I think that they only yeah. did 500 just because they knew they had to, to stay competitive with Microsoft because they knew mm-hmm. that Microsoft was going to release. And Microsoft also has a much cheaper SKU on the market as well. Yeah. Um, in addition to this, I think that there uh, there is a new SKU coming out for PlayStation Five that just um, lowers the processing power. Um, they've actually mm-hmm. they've actually revised this uh, once before from the original PS Five model. Apparently, like when they first came out with the PS Five, they put too much power in it. Like they overcompensated just in case. And then I think they're finding out as they go along that like, Oh no, we're actually wasting a lot of resources by having all, all these, all these massive processors in here that we really don't need because the games don't need a processor this powerful. Um, And so basically I think the process uh, from the launch version, I think the processor has decreased in power by about 20%. Um, Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that gamers are going to see a, you know, a real life, you know, impact from that. But from Sony, it allows them to, you know, buy cheaper processors and use smaller processors, which is saving them money on every PlayStation, which means they're making more profit considering they're selling it for more money than they were before. Yeah. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Again, it's this is very, very strange. Um, Not that we would see a price cut two years into a console's life cycle, but I wasn't expecting to see a price cut on, um, on the PS five again, just really just two years into its life cycle. Um, I wasn't even expecting really like a updated, like a slimmer model Mm -hmm. anytime soon either. Um, So whatever, I've got one. So (laughs) I, yeah. And that's, Um, that's the other thing too. I think, I think the price increase is equivalent to about like $30 in most territories, give or take. mm -hmm. And so like, People are like, oh man, this is going to piss people off. It's going to push people toward Xbox. Look, if you're spending five hundred dollars or the or the regional equivalent on something, another thirty dollars is not going to make or break your, your no, decision. It's really not. No. Um. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like it's it's weird. Again, this is very unprecedented, but I don't really think this is going to have a major impact on their sales. I feel like the people who still really want a PS5 are still going to be like. Okay, here's an extra thirty dollars. Like, I kind of, I kind of wanted this to happen in the U.S. just to see the reaction, but at the same time, I kind (laughs) of don't because I feel like that this might have been a a huge, 
a, a massive blow to uh, Democratic re-election chances in November this year. They would have somehow blamed Democrats. For, like, oh, like, like, like Republicans have been out here bleeding Democrats. God, for I hate that you're right about that, too, right? That, like... <laughs> that immediately the Republican strategy would have been to, like, go into every fucking incel gamer bullshit message board online and be like, you know, this is the Democrats' fault, right? That, like, not, it's it's the Democrats' fault that not only can you not find a PS5, but that you have to spend an extra $30 of your your hard-earned money to, to secure one. God, that's absolutely what would have yes. happened. I hate that. <laughs> It's 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 some it's somehow Joe Biden's fault that we have seventy dollar console games now. Damn yep, it, Joe it's, Biden! One hundred percent Joe Biden's fault. Dark yeah. Dark Brandon didn't save you from this one, did he? Did he libs? Did he? Oh, you man. fucking libs. Oh, well, if goodness. you want to come talk about politics and uh, I teed that, that up nicely for you. Us, yeah, you sure did. You can come uh, <laughs> join us over at the Dense Pixels Discord by going to densepixels.com slash fans and that takes you over to the Dense Pixels Discord where you can come hang out with us and you can come chat about all sorts of stuff. Politics, wrestling, cars that go real fast for some reason. We talk about all sorts of stuff over there. It's also where we have the Dense Pixels post office which we will get to later in the show. Uh, don't forget that you can also find our lovely white faces on uh, <laughs> on on YouTube. We have a distinct lack of melanin going on this week, which is really unfortunate that neither <laughs> Micah or Terrence were able to help balance this out. Uh, you can go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and uh, hit that subscribe button. Uh, and if you don't want to go over to YouTube, that's completely understandable because I don't know why anyone would ever want to watch us talk about this stuff for an hour every week. Um, but you know, clearly you're listening. And if you are not already subscribed, please subscribe to not just dense pixels, but to all of the TNP studios podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. So every week you get free content from TNP studios, which includes, uh, the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. But if you want to help us out, help keep the lights on over here at TNP, you can head to densepixels.com slash premium, pay $5 a month or $50 for the full year, and that gives you access to the premium slate of podcasts, including the airing of grievances, No Time to Bleed, The Men with the Golden Tongues, Upstage Conversation, which I swear is coming back at some point, and full episodes of the Look Forward Political Podcast. Very good. Uh, so last Friday, one of the weirdest fucking things happened that I can recall. Yeah, really weird. In 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 the games industry in terms of news. So like as people on the East Coast in the U.S. were waking up, um, there were stories being pushed across the wire saying that not only does Amazon – Want to per- want to purchase uh, known infamous publisher Electronic Arts, um, but it's happening today. Yeah, like like this is literally fucking happening today. Let's fucking go. Uh, this is gonna be crazy. Yeah, and a lot of the speculation was fueled because not only does Amazon want to have this big giant video game company at their back because. You know, the, the, the easiest way to, you know, have something instead of building it yourself is just to just buy, buy someone it. else's. Right. Just look at the New York Yankees. In the 90s. <laughs> but also because they wanted to use EA franchises like Mass Effect, like Dragon Age, like Dead Space uh, for Amazon 
TV shows. We already know that there is a Mass Effect uh, TV series currently in the works right now. So everyone was reporting this. And and so I, I don't remember where the source originally uh, USA Today actually put it out. Weirdly enough. Yeah, it was weird. It was like I think it originally came from like a Dutch report of some sort where it was like all right, so USA Today was reporting from some European source mm-hmm. that Amazon will formally announce its offer on Friday. No detail on how much it's putting on the table to do so. Um and then, like, literally as soon as Americans were, like, waking up, CNBC was like, that's not fucking happening. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, Dave, like, David Faber, who's an David anchor Faber for CNBC, was, like, was immediately like, no? on CNBC being like, no, what is, no, like, <laughs> where did this come from? Like, like yeah. just just literally dumped a bucket of cold water over the entire yeah. thing, like, immediately. Like, David Faber basically called up EA and was like, is this happening? And they were like, no. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, but, said, like, but, yeah, like, like I said, it was, it was the weirdest, like, hot flash of a story coming across. And, and, and a megaton story. Like, this would have been Oh, yeah. Huge. And, like, it caused... Yeah. You know, it caused EA stocks to like surge really severely too, because of course it would. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and Faber was just like, "No, this is not happening. It's not <laughs> happening today." Like the people who I've talked to who would know about this say that nothing's happening. Like nothing's happening. And then it was just like, "All right, cool. It's not happening." And yeah. then it didn't happen. Like so. So this this tells one of one of three one of two things has to be true. Uh, the the most likely thing is that someone just did a really piss poor job of sourcing a story and ran with it before they got their ducks in a row. Like that's probably yeah. that's, that's probably what happened. Or or one of these two sides planted the story out there. <laughs> Yeah, to get to for for the other side to kind of bite, like maybe EA was floating this out there, like you know, Amazon. Hmm. I know you see these like big deals going around, like you know, Activision's getting bought for seventy million dollars by Microsoft. Seventy million dollars is nothing to you guys, oh, and you're yeah. guaranteed like two billion dollars a year in revenue from us. Like that's that's great. Or Amazon's like, we really want a big fish to land, so let's uh. You know, let's 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 put some smoke out in the air and, and yeah. people think that there's some fire. So it's probably the former. It's probably it's probably just someone ran with uh, with with, uh, you know, not great sourcing. Oh, yeah. um, it is interesting, though, because EA, you know, has has been the has been rumored to be one of the companies that might be up for sale at some point. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, that Amazon makes sense? And. Just speculate wildly at how much how much it would cost. Do I think Amazon makes sense? No. Mm-hmm. Do I think that they might do it anyway? Yeah. Um. As far as like, how much did Activision sell for? Sixty-eight point something billion. Okay, I'm gonna set my sort of guess at um 85 billion hmm. I, like, I would actually i would actually go lower i would i would say around 50 and only only I, because I think, 
Okay. Go, well, go uh, well, only only because so like part of the Amazon acquisition was King, who makes like goo gobs of money with Candy Crush, and EA doesn't have that mobile that mobile component. So like their reach is a little bit more limited worldwide. That's true. I I would just say just based on the um like the the annualized titles that EA has like mm-hmm. all the time. Um I mean FIFA sells like hotcakes every year. Madden, which I hear is terrible <laughs> by the way. I hear Madden 23 is just awful. Uh yeah, I again like it might be terrible but it sells mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I don't know i also think uh amazon's the kind of company to want to put their dick on the table with how much money they're willing to spend on shit like this right. so also ea doesn't have the uh terrible sexual harassment lawsuits swirling around them in the same way that activation that's true did, so and and it's i really don't want ea to go to anybody so like i i don't either yeah like it's so it's one thing for activision to go to microsoft because a microsoft i feel like has proven to be responsible stewards Mm -hmm. um and their and activision's company culture was fucking terrible and i i don't think that anything other than a complete overhaul of leadership would have would have fixed that um and i also don't mind like smaller developers like Bungie, like going to companies like PlayStation, because that's not um, a major like shift in the industry. But companies like Amazon acquiring companies the size of EA, I just don't trust it because there's no corporations that seem to be able to act responsibly or or to act, you know, (laughs) like altruistically. I'm not a huge fan of enormous media consolidation, which is what, like which is ultimately what microsoft buying activation is yeah and uh what amazon buying ea would be as well would just be media consolidation um but who who knows um it feels like a very strange time for the industry right now um i mean i go back to the fact that activation was literally the original third party mm-hmm. game dev um because like History lesson, Activision was founded in the late 1970s by a bunch of former Atari developers that didn't like the company culture at Atari. So they were like, (laughs) fuck you, we're going to make our own games. Like, we're going to make games for your system, but we're not going to work for you. Um, So, yeah, that that acquisition still feels a little weird to me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen to EA. I would much prefer EA remain its own thing and not be bought out. much as I don't like Ubisoft, I would rather see Ubisoft remain independent um, of, you know, the, the console developers. So, I, yeah, I, I, I feel like I feel like Ubisoft specifically is a couple major like big budget flops away from really being in trouble at some point. Oh, here. yeah. So uh, like <laughs> Ubisoft. <laughs> I wonder how much I wonder how much money I wonder how much development cost has been wasted on Beyond Good and Evil Two, a game that very well might not see the light of day, or at least in in, in the state that we understand it to be. Yeah, in, I don't think that game's happening. Um, also, speaking of Ubisoft, um, Assassin's Creed Mirage was leaked today as the uh, title for the next game in the series. It's due out apparently, 
spring of next year and is set in uh baghdad yeah apparently um, it's a continuation of um god what the fuck was his name i can't remember the character's name from uh, valhalla uh who was kind of the antagonist yeah um but apparently it's a continuation of his story uh mm. and and they say about mirage they say like oh it's a return to assassin's creed classic assassin's creed and i'm just like we got tired of classic Assassin's Creed. Yeah, like, everybody like, got real sick of it. Like, we've, and all, like, we've, all embraced, we've all embraced the, like, the move to the Skyrim-size you know, RPG Assassin's Creed. Like, we like that. Yeah. Keep doing it. And I know we're going to get that with um, you know, I- I- Infinity or wherever the fuck you know, the, yeah. the live service we're Assassin's like, Creed oh, is going to be called. We're going back to basics with Assassin's Creed. You're only going to be able to play as a little white boy, and we're back <laughs> in the desert. It's like, no, literally nobody asked for this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I if wonder, that comes out and it's fucking terrible, then. <laughs> well, I, I wonder, I wonder, I do wonder if back to basics literally just means smaller. Like, I wonder if they're going to keep mm. the same, like, style of game, but just not, you know, the hundred plus hour epic that, <laughs> that, that the recent Assassin's Creed games have been. You know, big, yeah. keep, keep it focused on a single story, but it'll still be open world or at least like a self-contained open world kind of thing. And then go from there. So, yeah. We shall see. So. Um, before before we um, laud Amazon with praise and tell them tell you how great they are. Um, did you play Splatoon this weekend during I the preview? Did. Yeah, I, I did. I did play a little bit of the uh, world premiere Splatfest on Saturday. First, um, first of all, which it. which side did you? Uh, I played on Team Papers, Good. basically, Papers. so that I could yeah. simply play with my one friend who's a huge Splatoon fan. Oh, I, so. I was just going to say paper, paper is the correct answer in, in the rock, oh. paper, scissors debate. So, okay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, didn't I, feel I played particularly as well. Strongly. <laughs> I played as well. Um, it, it upsets me um, that Splatoon wants you to use like the motion tilts as the default yeah, control scheme. I just like fucking hate that. Yeah. Just like, and here's the thing. Stick. The people who are really good at Splatoon all play using that because you sure. can be super accurate if you figure out like how to move your controller in such a way. It's just I'm never going to play like that. And I know, I understand that that means I'm never going to be very good at Splatoon, um, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, regular sort of uh, team matches felt very much like classic Splatoon. Uh, the new super moves are are pretty fun. I'm a big fan of that, like shark looking motorbike that like can <laughs> literally charge you straight into enemy lines and then explodes. Um, uh, the did you do any of the tricolor matches? I did not. Um, I okay. just I, I only played for like an hour and I just did a, a handful of the uh, the the normal turf war. Um, the you know team team on team matches. Mm-hmm. Um, the tricolor ones I can imagine would be pretty interesting and very chaotic as well. So it was pretty chaotic, but like it was fun. Um, so the way that the tricolor matches worked was it, it's like halfway through the Splatfest, they were like, "All right, cool." Team Scissors is ahead, and so the way that the tricolor matches uh happen once they become available at the sort of halftime uh, mark of the event is uh. Team Scissors has four players and then Team Rock had two players and Team Paper had two players. So uh, basically it was sort of like, all right, cool, like time to gang up on the team that's ahead. Uh, 
and see who wins. And it's still it's still just sort of like turf war Mm -hmm. style, like whoever covers the most area still wins the match. Um, But it's it's still sort of like two teams working against the the third in a way that i thought was like oh so it pretty, wasn't pretty like compelling. i assumed it'd be like 4v4v4 kind of kind of no it, it's it's still just an eight player match but um it's two players from the from each of the two teams that are not ahead at the halfway point versus mm-hmm. four um but the the team that's ahead is like sort of stuck in the middle mm-hmm. and sort of has to defend themselves oh i see so it's so that, so they're sides. so they're surrounded and, and the other teams getting close in on them Okay. Yeah. That's that's more interesting than just having <laughs> having the two sides that are losing just be paired up with each other. Yeah. I suppose. But but so but is it still like are you evaluating all three teams separately or the Yeah, so all three okay. teams are considered separately. So you you still want to splat more of the arena than the other team you're sort of working with. Um but the the goal is to sort of like okay, well we're going to take this team that's ahead at the halfway point and we're going to bring them back down a peg a little gotcha. bit. Gotcha. But but since since you since the the two teams that have two are on the outer edges of the arena, they have the more defendable territory, yeah. I guess. So it's a little bit easier to to yeah. get you know solid turf that's not going to be taken over. Okay, I can I can see that happening. Could be interesting. It was it was yeah. it was pretty interesting. Um, and honestly, like I I played a bunch of those tricolor matches, and it was pretty evenly split. Like sometimes sometimes scissors won, sometimes we won, and then sometimes Team Rock won. Now if Team Rock one on us like i don't think it counted as a loss for us like Mm -hmm. we didn't we didn't get the win but we didn't get a loss um because we were still on the side that wasn't scissors i don't know how they calculated the points (laughs) with that um, it but sounds, it was like it sounds, it sounds like a Nintendo multiplayer game more complicated than it absolutely <laughs> more complicated has to be. than really necessary. So, uh, that's fair. But yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a fun time. Um, I will almost certainly be buying this when it drops. Um, yeah, I'm probably gonna out. pick it up too. For uh, me, it comes out at a really unfortunate time. Like it, the game releases literally on a day that like I'm leaving for a long weekend, so I'm not really gonna get a ton of time in on it until I get back. But. I looked over uh, the upcoming list of games that were coming out through the end of the year, and it is lean to say, it's very to lean. say the yeah, least. It's, it's real lean. Um, now, that being said, I have a handful of games that I'm like kind of kind of stoked on um, between um, Splatoon 3 and then Harvestella. Um, yeah, I, is- I watched I watched the preview for that. I might try to to show that to my wife because yeah i think that she might it's like if rune factory was a good video game yeah and well and my not not concern per se but my my only worry is that she wouldn't like the rpg like the action rpg aspect of the game but it looked not like it looks from the demo that i saw it looked like the balance of the game keeps that even keel because you are not yeah. able to just like sink into that, nor can you just sink into the farming aspect. Like you have to kind of yeah. rotate it, between it's them. Really balanced. Um, yeah. Literally Harvestella looks as though like some developer at Square Enix was like, I really like the idea of Rune Factory. I just wish it wasn't a janky, mediocre mess to play. <laughs> um, so they made Rune Factory, except it's good now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think I'm sure you and I watched like the same Treehouse presentation demo that nintendo did last week on it 
Um, God, God, God bless those treehouse kids. They they're so excited about the most they really the most are. banal things in the games when they're presenting them. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited for that. I'm, uh, I'm picking I'm my lettuce and my for, carrots. <laughs> I'm excited for Tactics Ogre Reborn. I'm excited for Pentiment. Um, so <laughs> the t- the two games I'm most excited for, like everyone presumes, are coming out, but they haven't been formally announced yet. Like mm-hmm. I like I have to imagine. That Advance Wars has to come out at some point. God, I wish they would just the fucking release it. And the game has been done. Yes. Like it was finished. And they're then like, they're I like, don't know. Like the like, like like people are gonna get really upset about the Russian well, I mean, faction. I in understand the game. why they like delayed it the way that they did, because they were like, We're we're gonna release the game. And then Russia was like, We are invading Ukraine now. And Nintendo was like <laughs> feels bad and i understand why they would want to delay it like a couple of months and to see how the whole situation in ukraine sussed itself out mm-hmm. um but at this point in time it's just like dude no one's going to be mad at you if you fucking release this game it's like true. we know that the game has been out. done just, just put fucking it put it out already <laughs> and then the other game that i'm looking forward to um that also has not been formally announced but everyone suspects is coming uh is the twilight princess and wind waker hd remaster for the switch Mm. that's been rumored forever and ever that has been rumored forever i don't think that's happening you don't think so i well i feel like it's happening i don't know that it's happening this year i think they want to get it out before the breath of the wild sequel oh before breath of the wild i mean that's that's also very bold of you to assume that Breath of the Wild 2 is actually going to release in spring of next year. I don't think <laughs> I, it is. I, I believe I believe it's going to release in 2023. I don't I don't necessarily know that spring is going to be the date. I could easily see Nintendo Direct where they're like, "By the way, we're really Holiday. sorry. We're going to bow in front of you at, at, at in a sign of humility, but we have to do one last delay. We're really we're really apologetic about this." Cuz here's the thing, like I'm really jonesing for a 3D Zelda game. Um I don't want to go back and play breath of the wild again. Um, cause okay. I don't, I don't want to get into all that again. Mm-hmm. Um, don't nor, want to play Skyward sword. Uh, hell no. Um, nor, <laughs> nor do I want to pay for Nintendo switch online plus and play any, either of the Nintendo 64 Zelda mm. games. And I really want to play wind waker. Uh, the one Zelda game that I've never played at all. Really? Really? I missed, wow. I completely missed it. Cause so. wind waker is a very good game. It's what I hear. It's what, it's yeah. what all the kids are saying out there. So, yeah. Well, um, I mean, I, I hope they do that rumored HD dual pack. Um, I, 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 who knows if it's happening this year? Watch them announce it fucking tomorrow. Yeah, it'd be cool. I'd be, I'd, typical, I'd be fine with it. In typical, in typical Nintendo news fashion, we record a podcast and the news drops the day after. I, I'm yes. fine. I'll come back next week and, and we'll drop a big dude. Yeah. I told you on everybody. Yeah. So <laughs> that's fine. Well, if you want to pre-order your favorite Nintendo games or help Jeff Bezos buy EA, you can do so <laughs> by going to densepixels.com slash Amazon. And uh, you can use that to uh, just, it just, you just shop on Amazon. However you would want to shop on Amazon. You can buy things like what the hell did I buy recently? I bought some sumac powder. Um, I've also recently bought some feel away for my cats to get them to chill the fuck out uh, so that they don't do the kind of shit that you saw them doing earlier, which was like beating the shit out of each other behind me. <laughs> um, uh, XLR cables like my Amazon history is very strange. It's all music gear and cat stuff. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you know, 
you just shop on Amazon and we get like a just a just a really teeny tiny little portion. A pittance, of, as they a say. A pittance <laughs> of everything that you purchase on Amazon and that comes back to us and helps us pay for stuff like hosting and whatnot. Cause uh fun fact, doing these shows isn't free. No, yeah, they gotta be stored somewhere. Yeah. Ironically on an Amazon web service cloud yes. server. So. <laughs> Uh, speaking of pittances, yeah. So let's talk about GameStop. <laughs> let's let's talk about GameStop again. Um, so retail is a really tough gig right now, just because you know we're still in the middle of a pandemic, though you know numbers are falling off, and the and the you know coronavirus is becoming more of an endemic disease. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people on the front lines in the service industry are still most exposed to that kind of stuff every day still most exposed and still have to deal with regular assholes on top of all that yep and gamestop is also in a weird time of transition right now they're still closing a lot of stores um they've shifted into selling nfts for some godforsaken reason uh as they move to a much heavier emphasis on their online model which honestly is probably the best path to survival for them uh but don't worry ladies and germs they're not forgetting their dutiful uh, employees in the stores. Uh, they announced that they are going to be increasing hourly pay uh, for assistant store leaders and senior guest advisors. Um, undisclosed. I don't know how much of an increase they're getting, but these I are the. I was going to say, like, yeah. I, I was an SGA at GameStop for years and I maxed out at like $9.50. So it's it's more so it's more now. I know when I was leaving, they were they were upping pay to be more competitive with other retailers in the industry. Um, so like an SGA probably makes in Maryland um, around like I would imagine like around twelve dollars an hour right now, give or take. Yeah, that's still not a livable wage. No, not <laughs> not not right now. Um, and and assistant store leaders uh, for my money, the most important position in the store mm. coming coming from a eleven year store manager. Um, are also getting a little bit of a bump. But the real cheese, the real cheddar is coming to your store leaders who are getting compensated, not with an increase to base salary. No, no. Uh, No. They're going to be getting uh, $21,000 worth of GameStop stock along with their regular pay and the opportunity to earn additional compensation every quarter by hitting goals for performance, performance based equity grants is how they call it. Uh, we had quarterly bonuses in GameStop when I was there as well. So this is really nothing new. Uh, mm. My favorite part. So, so fun story. So I, I got hired by GameStop in 2008 um, and I was, I was hired as a store leader and that was a position that I held for many, many years. Um, Shortly before I got to GameStop, they st- they used to give uh, stock options to store managers as a incentive, um, which they stopped doing because the stock had pretty much plateaued at that point. So they're mm-hmm. like, "This is kind of worthless to do to give these folks this. Like, if anything, it's probably going to lose value." So they stopped handing that out, and they just did regular bonuses, which was great. Actually, GameStop's old bonus program back in the day was pretty fucking good, especially if you were tenured. Like, it was it was not bad. It got a lot worse, like towards the end, but mm. it, before it used to be very not bad. Um, but now they're giving folks stock again. And there's a, there's an easy reason for this is because stock is 
pretty inexpensive to give as a bonus. As you're the company themselves, you can just issue new shares. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is that the stock is vested for three years. Now, for those of you that are not uh, day traders in the market and know what's going on, <laughs> uh, and I was one of those people, I had to literally Google what this meant. Um, apparently, you have to work for the company for three years before you can even trade the stock at all. That's what vesting right. means. Um, you don't like you you own it, but you don't have access to it. And if you right. leave the company before the three years time period, uh, before the stock vests, basically, uh, you don't get any of it. <laughs> so, Which is basically, and and this is a this is a common tactic. Correct. When when stock is given out, so that people don't take the stock and then fucking leave, right? With the stock, or or um, or immediately sell it while yeah. the value of GameStop is higher than it will probably ever be <laughs> for, for the foreseeable future. Like yeah. that's the that's the thing that blows my mind about this. So so let me let me see what uh let me see what GameStop is trading for. So right, so holy shit. So, so GameStop is currently trading for twenty nine dollars and eighty four cents. That's what it closed at today. A far cry, by the way, of where it was during the the meme stock heyday uh, of yeah. early twenty twenty one, when you know the share price was around three hundred and fifty dollars a share or something like that. Like, there's no fucking way in hell that no. this stock is ever going to approach numbers that we saw, you know, over the last year and a half essentially no. if anything no, if it's anything, gonna, it's gonna, gonna go continue down to fall. Yeah. right and obviously, so obviously this is a this is a incentive also for store leaders to push you know the business forward to because like hey if you guys row the boat you know the stock prices will rise and you'll make more money at the end of the day except that's not really how fucking stock prices work like stocks don't react you know, to to like like they react sharply to micro shifts in the industry, but but growth like continuous growth in a stock price is from sustained excellent results. Yeah. So, so it, to, <laughs> to look at the um, five year stock history mm -hmm. of GameStop, which I I have on my screen at the moment. Um. Right now, as you mentioned, it closed today at twenty nine eighty four. Um, so two years ago, so let's talk. Let's talk August twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Would you like to guess where it was? Oh, I can. I can ago? almost. I can almost get it bang on. Um, I'm pretty sure at that point it was probably floating around eight dollars. If I'm not mistaken. Dollar thirty-five. Oh wow! Man. Really? Um, yeah. Holy shit! Ga GameStop before the whole meme stock shit took off mm -hmm. in like late January, early February of twenty twenty-one. Um, it had been at about three dollars fifty cents, four dollars, and that was the highest it had been in months at that point. Um, at one point, it fell. Shares fell below. A, a dollar for quite some time in early 2020, even before the pandemic hit. Um, so it skyrocketed yep. and then tanked <laughs> because everyone who had bought all these fucking, you know, dollar stocks had were able to then, okay, cool. It's worth $85 now. Sell it. Like right. bought 50 fucking stocks for $50. Now I have, several hundreds of dollars right to to use probably what was a very common example 
um, by Ding Dongs using Robin Hood uh, to, to do this in early 2021. <laughs> um, now, it climbed back up and has sort of been like, you know, slowly but surely trending back down since then. Um, yeah, because a couple, to, even even a couple months ago, it was still it was still sitting up at like around like ninety. Um, I mean, maybe for an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, the the market summary that I'm looking at, I think, tracks weekly. Okay. Um. So yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's it's been about in the thirty five to forty range for for most of the year. Um, and again, it is currently at. 2984. Um and I don't think it's gonna get much higher than that, my dudes. No. Like and uh, certainly not three, three not years. certainly not three years from now. No, three years from now, it's probably gonna be back down around four or five bucks. Yeah. So like I, I don't know. Like to me, I would think that maybe just pay your fucking people a competitive wage and maybe and that. then and then maybe you don't have to worry about you know, fucking turnover as much as you do, because that was always a big problem in, in GameStop as well is that you had people constantly like leaving it. And again, it's because they did even compared to other retailers, they did not pay wages that were as competitive. GameStop doesn't pay well. And the amount of work that people are expected to do in that store on a part-time basis, like I know I've talked about it before, but like the reason why I quit GameStop when I did and and how I did, which was basically just turning in my keys and being like, fuck this, I'm done, um, was because I was I was working as an SGA, which is meant to be a part time position. And I was being worked 36 hours a week, which is like the most that they could work me without paying me full time benefits mm-hmm. um, at like 950 an hour. And I was trying to go to grad school at that time. And I basically told my store manager, like, you either need to give me a full time position. You need to make me an ASM somewhere or you need to cut my hours back so that I can have the time to focus on my grad school work. And if either of these don't happen, then I am going to quit. And neither of them happened. So I fucking quit. (laughs) Um, But that's, you know, GameStop runs people fucking ragged. Um, I would work in a store, you know, I would work in a fairly busy store for like eight hours a day by myself, mm-hmm. uh, which meant that like I would have to lock the doors to take a fucking piss. And if if I if I had the doors locked and a sign on the door that said back in five minutes bathroom break and the district manager showed up, I would get chewed out for doing that, too. So it's like. I don't know, maybe pay your people a living wage, maybe treat your store employees better, and you won't have the turnover rate that you do. It's pretty simple. I I remember I successfully made the argument because I also um, would catch flack if, you know, like, oh, you can't put a sign on the door and close the store for five minutes if you have to go to the bathroom. Like, well, if they're not going to pay to, you know, <laughs> to have people in the store so that you can have two people at least working at a time like that that tells me that they don't that that they want me to do this like like if they're not gonna you know have two people in the store at all times like they're telling me like hey you've got to go to the bathroom then you gotta close the store and my boss is like yeah you're not wrong <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it is like like yeah like hey just hold it for six hours is not a no that, that's not that's <laughs> not reasonable no no not at all so um 
yeah, like again, it's it's what an insane time to be like, hey, you know, uh, you know what would really be great for you guys, uh, store leaders and GameStop stock. Like that's yeah. that's that's what you want right now, stock. It's a, trust me, the last thing you want right now is fucking GameStop stock. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, we go to the dense pixels post office. We start with Bane Supreme. Which I don't think I don't I don't know if Bane Supreme has ever submitted a question before. So welcome. No. Uh, any thoughts on the new Tekken anime? No, no. I it. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard. Here's here's what I'll say. I've heard good things about it. I've heard it like pretty successfully condenses the storyline of I think Tekken two into like six episodes or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I have not watched it. So yeah, I this this is this is a Micah question. If anyone on this podcast is going to watch a Tekken anime, then that would be Micah. Michael mm-hmm. would be that guy. So you'll have to wait until, to hear his thoughts uh, when he's back on the show next week. Uh, let's see here. Anthony says, why hasn't there been another Def Jam Vendetta game? Uh, I would imagine licensing is probably yeah, the biggest reason there. That's that's probably the biggest thing. Um, licensing those likenesses is probably far more expensive now than it was then. Yep. So Plus, what, wasn't Icon, itself. like, I'm, I'm not at all familiar with the Def Jam games. Wasn't Icon not received especially well? Which was the last one that came out? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't play those games. Yeah. Um, yeah. See this. See that this. This is why you know having two whiteies on the pod is not. It's not conducive to. to yeah, the, Def Jam Icon. I guess was the last one, and that was two thousand seven. Plus, I plus and, I think EA published those games yeah. at the end. And again, if it's not making Buku money, then EA is not going to oh. get it on the mix. So, yeah, I mean, I Def Jam icon was the last like real Def Jam game. Cause I guess, I guess they did Def Jam rap star, which was just like a fucking oh, karaoke. Yeah, they game. Did. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I remember that. That came out 2010. Um, so, and like icon was like, a six out of 10 game. Yeah. Right. So not exactly making them a ton of money. Uh, yeah. I would have to imagine though that like it costs money to, to license the likenesses of people and to license their music, which is separate from paying the like for the f- rights for someone's face. Like, right. I don't know. But then again, like people have also been like the developers have also been like fucking teasing like a a Def Jam return for years and it just hasn't happened. So I don't know. Yep. We'll see. But, but again, I, I I also think that like (laughs) Occam's razor it's licensing. Yeah. But also like fight for New York. I, I I don't like, even if you get another Def Jam game, I don't know that it's going to have the same like magic that like fight for New York. This is true. Like that, because that like that game was a, a product of its time when, when a game like that could thrive. And I don't, I just don't know that, like, I feel like it would be like when that new NBA Jam came out. Like, it was fine. It mm. played well. But it just didn't have that same je ne sais quoi that the original yeah. NBA Jam games had. So That's true. Uh, Phil Wander asks. Um, oh, so the question yeah. he asked about that was uh, about last week about the portable, like, game consoles was screen transition. Um, playing game on a TV screen compared to a cell phone. Um, the size of the screen never really bothered me, especially again, modern phones nowadays are like, you know, seven inches big anyway. So like, that's, that's totally fine. Yeah, this is, yeah. I mean, for, for me, I've literally like started a switch game in TV mode and then been like, oh, I want to watch the hockey game. And then I pick it up and switch to handheld and, 
and my vision's terrible, so if I can do it. <laughs> um, but he also asks, um, is Disco Inferno the Michael Rappaport of professional wrestlers? Tries too hard, gets fragile, like Rappaport. Um, so, first of all, Carrie, do you know who Disco Inferno is? I know that Disco Inferno is a song that I have played on bass many, many, many times. It is. Um, so there, there was a wrestler. I believe his real name is Glenn Gilberti, which is also hilarious, um, who basically his gimmick was he's the John Travolta character from Saturday Night Fever. Like that that was literally ah. that was literally Disco Inferno's gimmick. Um, okay. He had a decent run. In WCW, he was a former cruiserweight champion, a television champion, a solid mid-card talent. Um, but obviously, he was saddled with a gimmick that was never going to uh, get him into the mainstream. And he no. was a good but not great professional wrestler. Okay. Um, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing some Google images right now. Yes. There's some, there's some choices being made here. <laughs> so... What ha- so what what this is all about there was some there was some uh drama in AEW so um one of their wrestlers uh Sammy Guevara cut a promo on one of their other wrestlers uh Eddie Kingston and commented on his physique uh Eddie Kingston's a big dude doesn't and is not necessarily like you know what you think of as a typical professional wrestler in terms of his body um and that led to a backstage uh fight between or 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 some some sort of uh dust between the two of them backstage. And okay. so, and then, so Disco Inferno, who I believe has a podcast, um, came out on his show and basically, uh, <laughs> like basically ran down Kingston for not having the pro wrestler physique, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. As if there's not like a variety of different physiques that can occupy professional right. wrestling. And mm-hmm. again, the, it's one thing like if a Kevin Nash comes out and were to say something like this or, you know, a diamond Dallas page and DDP wouldn't, but I'm just, I'm, I'm just giving examples of a certain level of success that sure. somebody has to maintain. If you're, if you're the disco inferno, uh-huh. I don't necessarily know that you have the license to go out <laughs> and run down other professional wrestlers, especially ones who I would say probably have at least attained, if not exceeded the same level of notoriety that you had during your career. Like, it's not like Disco Inferno, you ever wrestled in the main event. Eddie Kingston's at least wrestled in the main event. Yeah. So hmm. just, just, just my two cents uh, on that situation. Uh, apparently a lot of, a lot of uh, drama going on in AEW right now, according to well, the dirt sheets. So, well, we'll see about that. Cam hmm. says, uh, what is the game that you have regretted purchasing the fastest? His, is Madden 23. <laughs> well, I have a story about this. Uh, I I believe I may have told it on the pod before, but I, I it's probably been a very long time. So I remember, um, for those of you of a certain age, uh, the EA Sports uh, renaissance of baseball games in the early aughts um, was quite a thing. When they, when they mm-hmm. ditched the triple play moniker and they switched it to MVP baseball, but completely revamped the gameplay, uh, mm-hmm. Those were the best baseball games, probably to this day, still just the most fun baseball games if you're if you're a sim baseball fan. Mm-hmm. But then as a response to EA buying the NFL license exclusivity uh, for the Madden franchise, um, 2K said, well, two can play at that game. And they bought the the rights to third party Major League Baseball games. So 
there was no MVP 2006. Instead, uh, you had either had the show, which was not the show back in 2006. Like it had right. not built its name yet. Or the, or the Major League Baseball 2K series. So when those came out, I said, all right, well, I'll give 2K a shot um, just because, you know, there is no MVP baseball. I don't know anything about this this PlayStation baseball game, so I'll buy uh, 2K6. So I got, I got 2K6, took it over to my friend's apartment. We played two games of MLB 2K6. Shit was so bad, so bad that I got into my car went right back to the GameStop and was like, Hey, I literally bought this like two hours ago. Can I get my money back? And they were like, well, unfortunately you've already opened it. So you can only trade it in for like 20 bucks. And I said, I don't care. This game is terrible. Yeah. Don't sell it to anybody. (laughs) And so that was the end of my excursion uh, into the 2k baseball series. I did eventually pick up the show and I was like, Oh shit, the show's really good. And it was, and you know, that, that was the game that I stuck with for many years after that. Um, but yeah, it, mine was major league baseball 2k six. Wow. <sighs> I don't like, I, I like to think that I, I tend to do pretty solid research before Mm -hmm. i spend money on a video game um but if i had to choose one it's a old ds game called lux pain which was released in march of 2009 and i don't know why well no i know exactly why i bought this game and it's because it had a weird title and fucking anime characters in the front (laughs) and i was like i'll buy this and it's not good um it's like a shitty visual novel with the uh, like imagine god what's the trauma center oh yeah i liked i like trauma center when it yeah came so imagine trauma center except it sucks and that's what lux pain is like interesting yeah but not interesting uh, actually so. yeah <laughs> I, I i also don't think i like i also don't think i played I don't think I paid full price for it. Um, I want to say I maybe bought it for like $20 rather than 30. Uh, but yeah, this was definitely one where I was like, Ooh, anime game. That's a visual novel. I like these things. So I'm going to buy this. And then I played it and I was like, no, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> After like three hours, I was like, well, not great. What did uh oh that's right like two like two K like their whole thing with the baseball series that so like instead of having the bases like superimposed on like a section of the screen mm-hmm. like it was literally around the outer edge so like each corner was a base and you could see like this little window with the base runner like running mm. to the next base it was so bad so bad mm. awful baseball game um Ramirius asked is there a game moment that frightened you but not in a horror game. Yo, every time I had to deal with re-deads in Ocarina of Time, I can't, like, Ocarina of Time is not a horror game, but re-dead scare the shit out of me as a kid. Um, there's enough, like... <laughs> but I think like, they're supposed to, so I don't know if that counts. So I've, I've discovered, um, in my time with Elden Ring, that Souls games have tons of enemies that kind of just sneak up on you because you're not aware of their presence and they can scare the shit out of you as well. Like when they just pop on your screen from behind you and like, Oh shit. Like they're swinging a fucking club at me. Um, 
the pro- the biggest offender is probably the fucking hands uh, in Carrion Manor uh, in in Elden Ring. And if you've played okay. Elden Ring and you've been to Carrion Manor, you're probably nodding your head in agreement <laughs> with with what I'm saying right now because those things are gross and they will surprise the shit out of you if you do not know to look out for them. So yeah, I I've also definitely been snuck up on by things and like. Skyrim and Fallout that mm-hmm. have like caught me off guard and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> but see, at least at least in those games, like it's first person and you don't have peripheral vision, so like you can you can at least like make the excuse for that. Yeah. But like Elden Ring is is a third person game. Like like I should be able to see what's going on around my character. It's not like it's over the shoulder. Like I can see my whole my character's entire body on the screen. So yeah. Um, Anthony asks, are there certain games where you prefer simulation over arcade or vice versa? Um, I prefer arcade sports. I can't do simulation sports. Depends on the sport. Um, if it's hockey or soccer, I'd rather sim. And mm-hmm. nowadays, if it's baseball or really any other sport, that's not those two. Um, I'd rather arcade. Yeah. So actually, that's a rate racing. I also prefer uh, simulation as well. So, um, it well actually no, I can go either way with racing. I take that back. It depends on the game. I was gonna say, yeah, it depends like, on the game. Like, I feel hot, like hot, you probably enjoy Mario Kart as much as yeah, you Yeah, Mario Kart, Hot Wheels Unleashed was a lot of fun. So yeah, it, 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 racing can go either way, but the other sports, it's, it's as I as I said. Um, yeah. In a game with morality meter, do you play good or evil for your first playthrough? I don't know that I strictly do one or the other on a first playthrough. Um, I tend to just sort of go with whatever I'm feeling. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I also usually pick what comes naturally to me, unless there is yeah. a specific benefit to going one way or the other like if you get access to certain abilities and powers that you wouldn't normally have in which case i tend to go good because i'm not an asshole by nature so i want to say the only time where i like really deliberately picked one choice over the other was playing the first fable for the first time sure and that's honestly because i feel like that was one of the earlier games where they were like you can be a bad guy and i was like really (laughs) the uh the the infamous games had a very uh black and white morality meter so and 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 there's actually like progression paths that you had to invest a certain amount of good or bad points into so it was worth it to pick one or the other in the infamous game so and then what superhero is overdue for a good video game superman yeah the answer is always superman um in this case because they just haven't been able to figure the shit out yeah which so. is bonkers to me that they haven't been yeah. able to figure out Superman. Um, yep. So I mean, and, you know what? I sort of get it because it's like on one hand, like Superman, come on, it, like it can't be that hard to make a fun Superman game. On the other hand, there there are a lot of comic book writers that struggle with writing compelling Superman storylines. Um, so you know, translating that to video games where Superman is literally fucking Superman, like how how do you how do you make a Superman game that's fun to play, but also still challenging, but also right. you're Superman. So maybe someday they'll figure it out. Uh, Trey asks you, Carrie, have you seen Kojima's current favorite anime uh, like chorus recoil? And it is the, is it the most Kojima thing minus the convolution Kojima ness? There's, there's too many Kojimas in this. Uh, no, this I have question. not watched that. I actually like, there's a lot of anime. I, I just really haven't been watching. I like fell off halfway through the most recent season of um, my hero academia. Um, however, I do think the, the new 
the new season of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Stone Ocean, drops on Netflix, like literally either today or tomorrow. So I'll probably be watching that this weekend. Uh, and I still need to binge watch my way through Spy Family. So I can't remember. Are you, are you a sub or dub person? Anyway. I'm generally a sub person. Um, that being said, I think uh, English dubbing has come a long, long, long way since I first started watching anime 20, 25 years ago. <laughs> so it's uh, it also here's the thing. It really depends on the series uh, shows that I that I watched as a kid dubbed. I really can't go back and watch sub today. Like mm-hmm. I have no interest in watching subbed Pokemon episodes at all. I do not want to watch <laughs> Pokemon with the original Japanese voices. I just don't. I don't, it's just- I, I don't well, see. I, it's like in my mind, like when I think of anime, like I almost don't think of Pokemon as an anime. It's even though I know like it is. Cartoon, it's a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. Like in, in, uh, in my brain. So same thing with Dragon Ball Z. Like mm-hmm. I can I a lot of it. I cannot fucking stand how high-pitched goku is in japanese it's just like on one hand it sort of works on the other hand it's just there's something in my brain that just says this isn't right um i also really want to go see the new dragon ball movie in theaters while it's still in theaters so maybe i'll do that this weekend and uh finally uh carl asks have you ever played a game uh that had a therapeutic effect on you uh in any way I find spending time in like Stardew Valley to be sort of therapeutic. Um, yeah, I like, played, a, I played, I, I want to say I played a lot of Stardew um, right, right at the onset of the pandemic um, because everything felt very out of control and Stardew felt like a world that I could exist peacefully in and exert some degree of control over. <laughs> if I am, um... If I'm playing, if I'm stressed out, um, I tend to gravitate towards games that require a lot of my passive attention because I generally will play that along with listening to a podcast or like a long form YouTube video. And so if I'm doing both of those things, if I'm playing a game that can hold passive, you know, keep me passively entertained and listening to actively listening to something else on audio, um, I find that my mind doesn't have the capacity to focus on the thing that I'm stressed about. So like, I guess you could consider that as being uh, using games for therapy. Um, other than that, not really um, some games that have specific like visual components to them that are compl- that are I'm, I'm talking about like Tetris effect, luminous, things like that Sure, um, are fun to play for like the sensations of it uh, from a visual standpoint, audio standpoint, but no, I wouldn't necessarily call it therapeutic, but I mean, just playing games in general can be therapeutic depending on, uh, you know, how, how you, uh, what, what you use for coping mechanisms basically. Yeah. So yep. very good questions this week. Thank you guys very much for submitting them. And again, don't forget that you too can submit us questions by joining our discord group at densepixelscom slash fans and submitting questions. You can do it during the week. Uh, in the post office and we will catch up uh, every week when we record the pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show as well as all the other TNP studio shows, wherever you download, find podcasts, go to youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe to us there as well. You can also go to twitch.tv slash dense pixels to follow us there and follow our individual accounts. Carrie is up. It's Carrie. I am dense pixels. Brad Terrence is apparition 410. Micah, not cool enough to be on Twitch. So you cannot follow him on Twitch, but that's okay. 
So that's it for this week. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening, and we'll see you all the next time. See you.